Coming up on another mini episode of the Front Page Football Podcast, Adelaide United dismantle Melbourne victory in the original rivalry, the first one of the season. All the reaction, myself, I actually went to the game and uh, I quickly drove home and we did a 30-minute reaction podcast. So yeah, immediate reactions. I was there. I could experience firsthand and I have to say, what a performance from Adelaide. They were absolutely terrific. Talk about it a bit more, of course, when we get into it. Uh, and I had Tanner Code with me uh, on the podcast. Of course, a proud victory man himself. And uh, you could get all the insight from him and the victory end at the moment because not a very good outlook after this performance from them. Uh, they were very, very poor in this game uh, against Adelaide. So that's coming up. All the reaction from a massive original rivalry looking ahead to the Sydney Derby happening tonight. Massive game. The Milos Ninkovic subplot, of course, dominating the headlines in the A-League this week. So, without further ado, I'm your host, Christian Marchetti, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to another mini episode of the Front Page Football Podcast, and tonight I'm just joined by one guest on the podcast, uh, Tanner Code, uh, who joins me. Tanner, how, how are you going? Yeah, I could be better given uh, the results yeah. uh, just now, but I'm, so, I'm here, mate. You need someone, so I'll that's do my right. duties. That's right. So, um, of course, we've got Tanner on, a proud proud Melbourne victory man, and I've just come back from Cooper Stadium and watched Adelaide United rip apart his beloved Melbourne victory 3-0 uh, at Cooper Stadium. And, um, yeah, obviously, could be some heated moments in this podcast. We'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. But, uh yeah, 3-0 is how it finished. Um, from an Adelaide perspective, probably, again, everything that could have gone right goes right. And from a victory perspective, it's a lot of, and I'm already seeing it on social media, just a lot of questioning, a lot of kind of crisis talk. It, it's kind of getting there, um, which I think might be a little bit of an overreaction, just slightly. But um, look, based on what you saw tonight, it was uh, it was pretty diabolical from a victory point of view. Um, and Adelaide just ran all the top, you know, all the way on the top of them. And um, yeah, you know, I, I appreciate Tanner for coming on because uh, it can't be easy <laughs> after a result like that. But uh, mate, just, 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 you know, spill the beans a little bit. Give us your initial thoughts after, after a defeat like that. Uh, well, it's always the hardest against uh, one of your, yeah, your biggest rivals basically. And it's, it's basically your biggest rivals. So that makes it just 10 times worse. Um Oh, it was just an inspired mate. It was it was just not what I was expecting. Um, having uh, Fernaroli uh, start over Daggers was interesting. I initially thought that might have been due to um, World Cup rotation, but then I remember Daggers uh, wasn't as uh, selected, so I thought, all right, that, that, that's interesting. But, I mean, why don't we just do the front two with Bruno and uh, Dagasino? I would have thought well, maybe So what did you make of better. the Economides role tonight because i had no idea what what he was tonight to be honest like i, I don't know if he no. was if he was a 10 if he was a striker if it, like it was very strange the whole setup to yeah be brimmer brimmer left out as well which was just kind of bizarre after his performance last week yeah yeah so so brimmer um after full time said uh on his uh interview that he had a stomach bug last 24 right. 48 hours right. and he looked really really bad form on mm. the interview so i could tell it was still affecting him yeah. And he was like, I still wanted to travel with the boys and all that, but I probably wouldn't have played if I had a stomach bug. But 
yeah, if he started, it would have probably would have helped us. But um, yeah, no, Economides was drifting around. He was um, looked like he was playing on the right wing more than anything. But, yeah, so um, so it lo- actually, it's really interesting because both teams kind of set up similarly in possession. So Adelaide, of course, the, the big inclusion was Ethan Allegic, the youngster, who um, yeah, that was that was um, kind of spreading around uh, during today. Um, but there was there was some uncertainty over whether that was that was actually true. But then lineups come out and he's in there and Adelaide, uh, he's coming for George Blackwood and one day's come back in uh, with Dorigo and they've gone with that kind of more experienced uh, double pivot that that Carl likes for games like this, to be honest. And it worked a treat um, in, in this game for sure. But Aligic is positioning very much more like a second striker, very close to Ibisuki, uh for, for most of the game, I felt, when, when Adelaide had the ball. And I think Victor were trying to replicate that with Economides with Fornaroli, but Economides... It just he just didn't have the the courage to make runs in behind. Like there was just nothing in behind for victory tonight. I just I, honestly I was really stunned by like the the amount of attacking talent that was out there. You know you had Nanny, you had Falami, you had Fornaroli, like and there was just no Adelaide were very comfortable, very comfortable um, all game. Yeah, hundred percent. Adelaide were just back in full control. Like we mm. were okay going forward in the counter after maybe twenty five minutes, but. Apart from that, nah, the, I think the moment that kind of summed it up was um, when uh, Brillante and I think Economides did that little one-two in the second half and uh, set up that cross and Daggers hit the first header and then Economides mm. sprayed the second. Mm. I initially thought that um, Economides had just got in the way of Dagasino's header, but oh, either way, it was just poor. <laughs> it was just terrible. What do you make of Brillante? Yeah. Because he's copping a lot of uh, a lot of slander for his, his performance in midfield. L- look... I want to get your take because I don't know. I think he's getting criticized for a lot of things which he's not really suited to. Like he's playing more, kind of asked to be more of a box to box player in this system that Victory set up at least tonight and with Ramachan a bit more as the as a sitting midfielder. But I just don't know if he's really suited to that. If you look at, you know, how Brillante played in that Sydney FC team, you know, he was he was more of that sitting player with Luke Bratton and and they were, you know, very difficult to to beat uh, that midfield. So I don't know if it's really a Brillante thing or if it's a Popovich thing. I, I think Popovich kind of deserves a little bit of criticism for for the way that team was set up tonight. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just looking at the uh, eleven now. Having uh, Brillante just uh, holding back, it just it just didn't really work. Like Rye uh, was uh, a bit more higher up, but Brillante, where every time he was going forward, he, he didn't really look comfortable, did he? No, no. And and a point was made, and and I agree with it. Just any sort of pressure that was made uh that put on Brillante when he was on the ball like he just he just crumbled uh pretty much every time and i think the other thing was Broxham at center back which look we know Lee Broxham can do a job at center back but when you've got like a 7 foot striker um who's going to pin him back uh in the air you know he can he can do all the dark arts he wants Lee Broxham but you know that's going to be a massive challenge and we saw it obviously with with the goal Ibusuki fantastic header um just absolutely brilliant uh, to be honest, Izzo actually gets a hand to it uh, and it still goes off the post and in. Oh. So it's just, yeah, it's just perfectly placed. Um, it was an unbelievable mm. header. That was just mm. so pinpoint. Yeah, I yeah. haven't seen a moment like that at Cooper's for a while. That was good. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a really good goal. One of, one of the best Adelaide scored of late. But um, just, yeah, Broxham really struggled. And I think obviously, look, Spranovic is still on the mend, as we know. And um, Adelaide 
you know, I think they were pretty smart about it. They knew that if they could isolate Ibasuki in, in those one-on-one aerial battles with Broxham, they could have some joy. He could bring the ball to ground and then they could go from there. And uh, I think they did that consistently. And that's what got them basically like territory in the victory half. So, yeah. 100%. Um, but speaking of pressure, I think uh, Nani's uh, starting to suddenly get under it. Um, tonight was far from what we're expecting. Mm. But that's that's becoming the common story now uh, with mm. his performance. It, it's far from what we've expected from our marquee signing. Like, oh, just that free kick just before half time. Like, the commentators were building it, you know, like Nani's still waiting for his uh, first goal. And, you know, I was, mm. I was fairly confident. And it went straight to the wall. Like, oh, but now the worst moment was uh, when he had that massive sprint, 70 metres up, and yeah. then he pressed uh, R2 and yeah. <laughs> dropped the ball. Holy shit, that was bad. Oh, that was I tell so you, frustrating to watch. I'll tell you, being at the stadium, what I did love, Adelaide fans made absolutely sure they welcomed Lewis Nanny to the, to the original rivalry nice and early. It was, <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, and Adam Kersey did not help the situation because there was a tackle which maybe who knows uh was maybe worse than um maybe Adelaide fans made out but Nanny uh just got slightly clipped in the first half and he and he went down for quite a while holding his uh holding his look like an ankle um sort of thing and it was bizarre though because Adelaide kept playing which they're well within their right to and it was not a head injury so Kersey doesn't need to hold it up yet he did after about 90 seconds or so and the reaction from the Adelaide fans it was you know just just basically Kersey just you know, goaded them into into turning Nanny into the ultimate pantomime pantomime villain. And uh, look, that was that was a great dynamic. I thought that was playing out throughout the game. Uh, even there was a moment with with really giving it to him uh, down that end. I think we went to take a set piece or a corner, and he was actually going back to them and kind of cupping his ear, um, sort of thing. So that that yeah, you know. Um, so it's always good that sort of stuff in these in these derby games. But um, any anything else from the victory point of view? Because that is the hot topic, I guess. So, um, anything else from that point of view uh, that you want to touch on? Oh well, look, I just think uh, Kadete. He probably played uh, one of his better games for us, even if he was uh, asked uh, a lot to do in uh, the left back position. I was surprised that Garia didn't uh, get the the nod over uh, Nick Negro though. Um, Garia making his uh, yep. return last week. Did yeah. he travel up with the squad? Was he? Uh, yeah, yeah. See, I, I've heard. So, yeah, I think I think he might not have been 100 percent. Uh, Guerrero as well. Mm. I think him and Spranovich are still on the mend. So, um, yeah, uh, Negro, Adelaide really had joy down that left hand side, and in particular when you know Halloran and Kiddo, they've got a good relationship where if Halloran drips inside, you know Kiddo can hold the width, and then they, they create those two v one situations. And um, yeah, Victory really struggled with that, but really. What was really striking, just going back to the, the systems and, and the formation stuff, is that, and on Allegic as well, being that kind of second striker, it's just the amount of runs he was making. And he was literally working like a bulldog off the ball all game. Uh, I was really, really impressed by by his work rate. And the amount of times Goodwin would come short to the ball and show, and then that would just create a pocket behind Cadete for for Allegic to to sprint in behind and, and break the lines was, was really obvious. And that Adelaide got a lot of joy from that. And I think... Then they could start to do it on the other side with Negro Halloran uh, dropping in, trying to attract Negro to the ball, and then create that space and that pocket in behind. So that that really worked for them finding space behind the fullbacks, um, Adelaide. And yeah, I think what was good, you know, talking now about Adelaide, you know, and we've had um, me and Antonis when Antonis been on the podcast, we've had you know very um, 
heated debates around the Adelaide United midfield and and Carl Viet needing to really change it up and adjust it. And I think he might have found something tonight where if he plays one day in his ace at the two sitters, it can work if you've got a number 10 like Alligic who's going to play closer to the striker and actually give you something in the final third. When he plays the Rigo there, you've got a player who, who almost plays too much like a six as well. So you've actually got three sixes and you've got nothing that's going to connect the midfield to the front three. So, you know, Alligic was playing more like a creative number 10 and that was the link that they could get. Now, obviously you could say, well, if Sackcloth wasn't injured um, and he's got the ability to play in that role, well, maybe, you know, Carl would have been doing that from, from round one. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting, I think tonight to see that, but what's going to be crucial for Adelaide going forward is this, was this just a one-off because it was the original rivalry and it was a Friday night and it was 13 and a half thousand people, or is this a springboard for something bigger? Because, I'm telling you, if that team, they do have quality. They do have quality. I don't know if they necessarily have enough quality to contend with the Melbourne City, but what they do have is they've got leaders. You know, you look at Ibisuki, Goodwin, Isaias, and they've got a real aggression about them when they want to, that they can turn Coopers into a fortress this season, but they have to show that every week. That can't be a one-off. Oh, you know, it just can't. It, yeah, abs- absolutely not. Um, I'm just uh, seeing the ladder now, like how they've... Um... Mm. rocketed it up to uh to second uh yep. even after their poor start the beauty of the a-league um yeah but no honestly yeah adelaide they could they could turn it into a fortress why why can't they get 13k um every friday night or every uh every home game well the club the club um, will be loving come... that right because they've they've just pulled in a massive crowd thirteen half thousand and they've played a really brilliant game full of like nice attacking football three goals like that's that's exactly what you want when thirteen half thousand people come so hopefully now, obviously, we're heading into the World Cup break, so they're not going to be able to immediately capitalize on that. But hopefully after that. Um, and the other thing is the buzz around Goodwin is through the roof at the moment. I mean, the way he was getting embraced um, by the fans whenever he went over to take a set piece or anything like that was just really noticeable. And he's, he's just become a, an absolute local hero um, here in SA. So it's going to be interesting how, how, the, how this team comes back after the World Cup break, for sure. Definitely, definitely. I think uh, Goodwin's definitely going to make a mark in uh, Qatar. He's uh, he's worked so hard to get to this position. Um, 30 years old. He was just saying uh, at uh, full time how he was thinking that, you know, I'm not going to have many chances to break into a World Cup squad. And he's definitely going to be one of our more experienced players on the field. And I would I would reckon he will get some minutes and I reckon he'll be able to make an impact. Would you start him? Because so here, here's how I see the, and not to go too off topic now talking about Socceroos, but just briefly. So well, obviously... Graham Arnold will play front three, and you think if Boyle's fit, it's probably going to be Boyle off the right, Lecky off the left. But if Boyle's on 100%, you know, maybe you don't take that risk and you back Goodwin on the left and move Lecky to the right. Obviously, we have to see Lecky tomorrow again um, when Melbourne City take on Newcastle. But I think, yeah, I think Goodwin's, you know, he's really not doing uh, his chances, um, you know, any harm by uh, by the performances that he's putting in. I think that was, uh, yeah. That was excellent. And the penalty was, you know, he just absolutely lashed that past uh, Izzo. Izzo went the same, you know, he went the right way, but it's just way too powerful. So, um, you know, no chance. Yeah, no. Uh, Goodwin actually, um, after the match, he was he was actually pretty disappointed with his performance. And I really uh, found that surprising, even after uh, in a 3-0 win and just uh, scoring a goal. But oh, his comments when he was like um, thinking mentally for the week, he said that technically he could uh take a bit of a step back in the game but he said you know what will the fans uh think if i'm like pulling out of tackles what will the boys think and all that and you know that that's fair play because he could have got injured he could have been out of out of the world cup he could have not have uh 
gone gone in hard, but he did. Uh, I mean, it may not have been uh, consistent stats wise, but I mean, he scored uh, to get a two nil break, and yeah, no, I would start him. I, I think definitely um, put him over Boyle at, at this rate. If he's not a hundred percent, it's not worth the risk. Go, he's got yeah. to go with uh, someone consistent and someone yeah. who has been playing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, to touch on that, I don't think I think I agree with with Goodwin in a sense that, yeah, it wasn't his most dominant game. I think what was important though is the, is the attention he's now going to start attracting from, from opposing defenders because, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that you could see from minute one, Cadete was, he was touch tight at all times. He, they didn't want him turning at all. They didn't want him having any time to look up, to pinpoint passes, to spray long balls, anything like that. And that what that's going to do though for Adelaide is open up other avenues. And I think, like I said, with Allegic, if you've got a willing runner like him, that's where Adelaide can now, you know, really pull apart defenses. So it's going to be interesting to see what Carl does now after World Cup break, how much significance this performance and this set of players that he picked tonight is going to have an effect on, on things going forward. But just on your point there around the not, you know, backing out of tackles and, and Goodwin's mentality and things like that. And it was just so evident. Like Adelaide, there was a moment in the second half who Alex Popovich, who I think is just, He's going from strength to strength every game. And honestly, he's just a fantastic young talent. Uh, absolutely brilliant uh, is Alex Popovich. But, you know, even though he's absolutely fantastic tonight, there was one moment where he pulled out of, pulled out of a tackle and the ball eventually went out of play. And Isaias, I looked over and Isaias literally absolutely caned him. Um, like he was just going after him. Like, you know, you don't pull, off, pull out of tackles in a game like this. Simple as that, right? And the thing about Issa as well is, yeah, he has had a decline. He's not the same dominant player that he that he was, and he doesn't control games in the way that he used to. But in a night like this, him and Juande with that experience and how combative they can be in the tackle is absolutely perfect. It, it suits Adelaide's game plan, particularly tonight, to an absolute T. And um, also Ben Warland uh, deserves a massive shout out. He was yeah, very solid. And Ryan Kiddo, who's defending, I've uh, I've you know very very openly criticised. I thought was very strong defensively tonight, and um, he wasn't massively intimidated by Nanny. Uh, I thought in one v ones, he he held his own um, for sure. Yeah, definitely one hundred percent. There's not really much I can really argue about there. Uh, yeah, Wall Walland, uh, great off the bench. That was a lovely uh, final goal, but. Yeah, I think the pressure is definitely uh, with uh, with victory. It's uh, it's yeah. not looking too great, mate. Um, Broxham starting over Timofeu. I, I, I guess that comes down to experience. But I mean, we just saw how muscled out Broxham was against um, Ebuski tonight, and that's uh, that's saying something. Um, yeah. So if you look just, at yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. Uh, yeah, you're right, mate. Um, I'm just looking at Adelaide's uh, run uh, coming in though. Once they come back from the break, it's it's mm. Brisbane. And, away and Wellington away it's it's still pretty tricky uh, fixtures yeah you'd, so, you'd think if they could bring a performance like mm. this tonight you'd, you'd definitely consider them um, pretty close for three points for both yeah well the frustrating thing is so I think for Adelaide the World Cup break now comes at a bad time because they've just beaten now whether we want to still refer them as the champions in in Western United or not they've, they've still just beaten them last week you know 4-2 very comfortably um, and then they've just scored three goals and, and you know, blitzed the, the arch rivals at home 3-0, right? So, you know, 7-2 over two weeks, lots of goals, things look like that coming together, uh, players are in form, yet now you hit a massive break, which for teams in form, that's not good. On the flip side for victory, this break probably comes at a really ideal time, and more to the point, they don't have any of their players going to the World Cup. So that that's even better for Popovich you think now he can really iron out 
the issues over this break and almost do like a bit of a mini preseason to kind of rejuvenate the squad a little bit because look I don't like to overreact after you know five rounds or whatever um but uh, or six now six six games for victory but um I think what was noticeable was Popovich's demeanor in that first half in particular like you know just watching him very closely from afar you know he he just couldn't believe it like the defensive stuff in particular how they were getting pulled apart like he just and it was almost like he was yelling out to Broxham in particular to get it sorted out like it's like you know this like how can this be happening you know well you know we've got leaders out there that this can't be happening right and that that was really noticeable he was massive you know just furious throughout the game and I think the other thing and I was saying it to with with the people I was sitting with is the the timing of the substitutions like honestly I would have made change at half time like a hundred percent you know and I know look it was only one nil don't overreact too much but I mean it just wasn't working <laughs> you know whatever they were doing in possession Adelaide were 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 you know uh very aware of it I think the other thing was it was almost like Isaias was man marking Ecotaminas uh out of possession and I think what what that meant is, you know, it's like victory almost expected is a is to maybe pass on Economides to to the center backs, but he would actually drop back and follow him. Um, so, you know, yeah, almost like a man marking type sort of tagging player, and uh, that really kind of worked for United. I felt because whenever you know Economides, as I mentioned earlier, tried to make those runs in behind, he just couldn't because he was just getting man marked, uh, and he just couldn't get a run on anyone. So, um, I think tactically. Vert won this game for sure. Um, and I think Popovich just didn't react to the situations quickly enough. And I think as well, I think you're right. Look, Brimmer's he's coming with a stomach bug. If he starts from the start and he's 100% fit like he was last week, that maybe changes things. Maybe, you know, if D'Agostino and Fornaroli play together, maybe something's different. That You know, who, who knows, right? Um, so, and of course, I, I do think the Spranovic and Garia, um out to massive at the moment, right? Because obviously Spranovich from a size point of view is huge. Uh, you know, that's massively important, particularly against any Basuki like we're talking about. But also Garia gives you that aggression in a game like this. And he's going to be far more aggressive on the front foot than a Stefan Negro. Um, because that's just the profile of player that he is. He's a bit more of a competitive defender. So I think for sure that there's a couple of outs for Popovich in this game that he can point to, but on the whole, it wasn't a good look. And I think for victory, when you look when you look at the results, I mean, it's it's really awkward, right? Because they start off with the with the big blue win, which I think off the back of it, everyone said was a great game. Sydney probably had the better chances, but victory were just, you know, they, they were so clinical in, in big moments. And then Wanderers kind of, you know, victory looked very similar tonight than what they, to what they did in the defeats to the Wanderers and the Melbourne Derby, you know, which were, which were not good, good performances, very similar to tonight. And then you also had... The, the draw in Brisbane, which is a game, of course, they'd expect to win. Um, and then, weirdly, though, you've got a result in there like last week against Newcastle where they thrash them and things look like they're, they're you know, they're going in the right direction. So that's that's what I mean. It, it is kind of hard to judge this team at the moment because they do seem very inconsistent. Um, and also, you know, you can make arguments for every result. You know, you can make excuses or you can say... Um, you can say excuses for like the Newcastle results, say, well, Newcastle just can't defend, or you can make an excuse for the, you know, the Melbourne City defeat to say, well, Brillante was sent off. So it, it, it's, there's a lot of conjecture around every defeat that you can make here. But I will say this, that's now probably three performances of this first six for victory where they've looked completely non-existent in, in any sense, whether that's on the ball or off the ball. So, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I'm not too sure if Popper's under pressure, but I mean, I wouldn't say he's under pressure. Not, no, no. Yeah, I'd, something's just not quite clicking. Um, mm. We're not lifting for the big, uh, the big occasions like oh that Wanderers game back at Amy. Like the, there was so much buzz around that. Um, it just it kind of felt like the fixture meant so much again. Like I remember um, when the Red and Black uh, podcast were talking about it and just mm. like how they built it up so much more, like almost as close to the Sydney derby. But yeah, it's it's just hard to put a nail on where where it's going wrong. Like we've we've signed like some really experienced players, and I've really expected a lot more out of Nani, and it's just it's still not coming. So look, I'll I'll, I'll keep my hopes, but I'm starting to get the frustration out of yeah. every Man- Manchester United fan when they saw him play. Shout out to my mate Anthony Gertz, who said um, that he really doesn't miss seeing Nani in the United shirt. So let's hope <laughs> wow. that's not the latter for, vic- for victory. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, let's quickly touch on. I'll just touch on another thing first. Um, not the best scenes towards the end of the game um, with Melbourne Victory fans and Adelaide United fans in the Southern End um, kind of going at it. And I can tell you from from experience, and I'm not going to come in here with, with too much of an Adelaide bias or anything like that, but I will say that when Adelaide United do win these games at Coopers against Victory, um, probably almost every single time that I've seen it anyway, Victory fans have, have had some kind of an issue um, and, and police have had to get involved. But look, I don't know the ins and outs. Uh, I haven't seen really social media and what's being said yet about, about what's happened um, there. But from afar, it didn't look good. Um, and hopefully if anyone's done anything wrong, obviously they'll be, you know, punished, um, in accordance with whatever they've done. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if you had a take on that, but it, it didn't, it wasn't a good look from, from where I was sitting. That's for sure. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, especially, uh, in the post, uh, game, I, I think I saw a couple of Adelaide fans, uh, giving like the whole free nil gesture to, uh, the victory, uh, supporters. And I think I might've saw a, a bottle thrown or two, but yeah, I, yeah, I definitely saw some that, stuff thrown. that, that yeah. game at. Yeah, but um, it, it, it's disappointing because like having like nearly 500 people turn up for an away game is is incredible, and not not only the fact that we just didn't lift for the occasion, but um, yeah, it, it can be very hard um, up at Cooper's. Uh, speaking from experience, I went up there uh, in 2018 once, and uh, when we went down uh, one nil, and we got a couple of bottles thrown. Uh, that yeah, no, day. yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it, it, it's hostile, but it, mm. I mean, it's a football match. Anything's hostile, really. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fair, fair, fair play to Adelaide. They, they absolutely mm. bossed it. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No excuses by victory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We wish it. All we, right, mate. We wish um, it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all right. Uh, again. Mate, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't overreact too much just yet. We got uh, plenty of football to be played. That's for sure in this, uh, in this season. Yes, we do. Absolutely. All right, Gearing mate. Um, last last five minutes here. Um, who knows? Maybe 10. We'll see how we go. But Sydney Derby um, tomorrow, massive game. Um, we're expecting, I don't know the exact crowd figure, but I'm, I'm hearing it will be hopefully something in the region of 40. I don't know. If it, if it could be, that would be unbelievable. But uh, I'll be heading there um, and a couple of other of the FPF crew as well. So it's going to be it's going to be pretty cool um, to to go and actually watch a derby. I, I could tell you, and this is a fact on record, I have never watched a Melbourne or a Sydney derby live so in person. So to actually witness one live um, after all the years that it's been obviously um, in the league, it's going to be fantastic. And particularly when we've got the added spice of Milos Ninkovic and, uh, and what's been going on. 
I tell you that the press conferences during this week have already got me really up for it. Um, basically, these press conferences now are Milos Ninkovic have kind of they're just kind of unfiltered. Like everyone's just kind of like having shots at each other every two seconds. Like Ninko just comes in and he's like, um, yeah, basically Sydney don't respect me um, the way they should, and then. Corrigan comes out and says he's the enemy now. <laughs> and I think I saw a quote from Luke Bratton where he said, I'm going to kick his legs. Um, so, <laughs> you know, th- this is really personal, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Nikovic uh, is definitely going to be the talking figure um, that night. And uh, just Sam Bratton's comment saying, you know, I will be looking to kick him. That's that's good spice. I don't mind that. <laughs> oh, no, not a little. And the one thing I'm really looking forward to is the is the Cove Tifo. What what have they got in store? What's coming out uh, when when the players walk out? I mean, we see snake emojis every time when someone moves clubs. But oh, this is this is going to be this is going to be something. <laughs> I tell you, I, I think on the snake emojis, if you go on social media, any any single post around Ninkovic and the Sydney Derby, there will be probably at least a, a minimum two or three snake comments uh in the comment section um so yeah it's it's pretty rife it is pretty rife but uh let's hope it adds it adds the spice you got a prediction for the game Ooh, um i might go three one wanderers i i haven't really seen enough from sydney to be uh wow threatened yeah. as of late just yeah, right. I, I just think i think western sydney will lift yeah yeah, yeah. okay what about what about you um honestly i'm not too sure i feel like it could be it could be cagey and i feel like it could be very easily be a nil all um which i'll be very annoyed about because you know to travel um for a nil all will will piss me off but uh, um it could also be a game where you know sydney have for the most part looked pretty good um and i think they've had probably a couple games where they didn't either put away their opponent or they missed some chances so and you know, and they'll I think take some confidence in in seeing the Wanderers really crumble last week against the Mariners, and I think that really probably opened up some weaknesses for for them, but also the rest of the league and seeing the Wanderers and how easily they were capitulated in that second half against the Mariners last week. So I think for both teams, there's things that they need to work on. And actually, if we look at talking about tonight being a bit of a springboard maybe for Adelaide um, moving forward you know, a result for either of these two teams in the derby uh, tomorrow could definitely be a springboard for them. So that that's how I see it. But you did ask me to make a, make a fucking prediction. So I have to make a prediction and I'm going to go two one Sydney. And that's literally just an instinct um, prediction. So I'll probably be wrong. Anyway, uh, any, any other thoughts, mate, on the uh, rest of the weekend before we, um, before we head off, we've got Sydney, uh, yeah. uh, Melbourne city and Newcastle, uh, of course, tomorrow, as the other Saturday game. And then we've also got the two games on Sunday, of course, where Wellington, Wesley United, and then Central Coast and MacArthur. Yeah, the Mark Rood and uh, Derby doesn't have much spice anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, Mark Rood is uh, not there. You can't really call that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, you think uh, City should be uh, firm favourites over uh, Jets tomorrow, but it was interesting with Arthur um, Pappas's uh quote on a legal access um by the way definitely go check it out if anyone hasn't yeah absolutely yeah. brilliant watch and oh and said, also you know, sorry that- tana tana i have to mention milos ninkovic is all, all access next week so whatever you're doing next thursday night right you have to be tuning cancel. into that <laughs> like cancel it i don't care if you've got birthday dinners i don't really give a shit cancel it and you have to watch ninkovic all access <laughs> because it's gonna be spicy anyway as you were saying 
No, no, it's all good. The cameras are going to be on Nikovic. It's going to be yeah. fun. Um, but, yeah, no, getting back to um, Papas's uh, quote, he said, you know, now we're going to see um, just like how how strong we are together and how we mm. can bounce back. It's a hell of a hell of a fixture to mm. get him back in the mix of things, but it doesn't get any easier. Um, yeah. I, do see, I do see City winning this uh, pretty firmly. Um, Wellington uh, United, uh, I reckon maybe a draw on that one. Yeah, Pri- Priovic is... Looks like he'll be back for United in that game. Um, despite obviously the the pretty well known reports that he that he wanted to leave and stuff in the off season, but looks like he'll be back, and that that could be interesting and change the dynamic for them. Um, and then you've got the Mariners and Macarthur. I think that's going to be interesting because I think the Mariners and Gosford that stadium is going to be kind of bouncing a little bit, obviously off the back of the Cummings and Kowal call ups uh, with the Socceroos. I mean, we, I just saw it then with with Goodwin uh, here. You know, don't underestimate how much having a, an A-League player in the national team really has an effect on on the rest of the team and the fans as well um, because that was really evident, I felt, tonight. So that's going to be interesting. And I think MacArthur as well, really important game for them because there's a kind of this feeling a little bit of there, there's this kind of Mickey Mouse Australia Cup run narrative now coming out and, you know, maybe these guys really aren't that good. Um, so they've got to kind of try and put that narrative to bed uh, pretty quickly. All right, um, that'll do it for us then. Uh, Tanner, need to thank you, mate, for coming on after uh, after a result like that. Can't be easy. Um, and uh, yeah, you're more what, than uh, you're more than welcome. Yeah, yeah. no, you're right, man. <laughs> mate. That's right. That's right. You know, um, either you're committed or you're not here. Um, and uh, and you've certainly shown your commitment here. So uh, I'm very very grateful. Anyway, um, we'll we'll wrap it up there. And uh, yeah, definitely check out the rest of the games for the weekend, of course, as well. Of course, Sydney Derby is just going to be absolutely massive um, too. All right. That's all from us. And uh, you can listen to us in the next one soon. 